Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, one half of your hosting team. The other half is in Vegas, live right here in studio, is Adam Burke, VSEN Sports Betting Analyst. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Good to be here again. Great to have you. I use that title because you got so many here at the network, so... Uh, lead that's MLB that's, writer. It's better than most titles that I hear from people. Oh, so. come on. Come on. They're, they're all love. They're all love titles for you, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, let's get to it because we got a lot to break down here on the program. MLB uh, best bets. We're going to get to that. We're also going to get to uh, NBA playoff situations, some betting uh, odds for the MVP market. Uh, also, the finals uh, points uh, scored uh, here in the NBA. As also, we want to get to this NHL playoff situation too. We were talking about that before the show, but let's get to this news from Aaron Donald. Um, from a betting standpoint, I'm not going to let it phase me. Uh, he's skipping OTAs. He wants more money. Who doesn't when you win a Super Bowl and you've impacted the game like he did, certainly in the last Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, I don't know if people are going to take this to heart, what he's talking about, because I don't know if people understand what's going on. When, when a player like this says he wants to retire or, or like he wants to get paid or he's going to retire, there's a condition there, right? It's not like his heart is set on retiring. So that's why I'm not giving it a, a ton of weight right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. You, you know better than I would in terms of, of that situation <laughs> and you know, being a professional athlete and all that. But look, I mean, also, too, he's made a lot of money. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald seems like a guy that's very smart with his money. Mm-hmm. He seems like a very cerebral type of guy. He just got his ring. You know, I mean, is there anything more that he feels like he needs to accomplish? The reality is if, if he retired tomorrow, he's probably still a Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, actually, I shouldn't even say probably. He is a Hall of Famer, maybe the best player ever at his position. Maybe it just feels like there's really not much more to prove. Well, you know what? So that goes into what I was just speaking about in terms of, okay, my heart's set on retiring. Like, if I don't have anything else to prove, I'm done. Uh, because when you're done with the National Football League, you, you, it's hard to come back. I mean, you can't get back to the level that he's at right now. He's the best player in the game, arguably. Um, you got T.J. Watt making more money than he is right now. Joey is making more money than he is right now. Uh, and he feels like he's underpaid, and, and he is, to be honest with you, for the impact that he d- uh, brings for that team. The Rams will not be a Super Bowl contender if Aaron Donald retires. So from a betting standpoint, I guess you look, look at it that way, but I just don't want to put a ton of weight uh, on these words or these quotes from uh, Aaron Donald on the podcast from Brandon Marshall because it seems like there's a condition, and that condition is that he, that he wants more money. 
Well, I mean, also, too, you know, and, and look, in his quote, you know, I don't want to play football if I can't win anyway. So I feel like if I got a real opportunity to win another Super Bowl, then it makes sense to play. And look, I, I get that. You know, I mean, it, maybe this is his way of saying, you know, or, or sort of dodging the, the thought about money. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably wants to be the highest paid player at his position and, and maybe even one of the highest paid players in the game. But, you know, saying, hey, I, you know, I, I want to be able to win. And, and look, I mean, the Rams were a team coming into the season anyway. You know, you have all the talk about the Super Bowl hangover, and, and maybe that's a real thing, and maybe it isn't. But also, the Rams played, I believe, according to some metrics, the hardest schedule in the NFL this season because they've got a really, really good division out there in the NFC West. Obviously, they're playing a first-place schedule, so right. they get you know three other division winners, not to mention the, the teams that they have to play outside the division. So the Rams had an uphill climb anyway. Without Donald, obviously, it's you know like a Mount Everest kind of uphill climb, but you know, look, also, too, how many times have we seen guys kind of talk about retirement and then you start prepping for the season and training camps there and all that, and they go, you know what, I miss it. You know, I, I miss the boys. I miss being around everybody, you know, all that, and yeah. then there's a change of heart. Well, I mean, th- that's what I'm talking about, too, because I, I think when there's money involved, the business side of things, like we saw in a quote right there, uh, it, it's it's about the fact that, okay, I'm elevated in age. I'm 31, right? Uh, I probably have one more contract left this is a leverage situation for me. I just impacted and affected the Super Bowl and won a championship. So, yes, I have to ask for more money. It's, it's due diligence at this point for a player like him to ask for more money. I don't know if the Rams are going to give it to him, uh, but we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, I mean, from a betting standpoint, that schedule uh, and what the Rams want to do this year, they desperately need uh, Aaron Donald to be a part of that football team. Yeah, for sure, and, and ultimately he probably will be. Yeah, you know right, he's he's right. such an impactful player. They'll pay him. They'll, they'll pay have him. to, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if he if he legitimately wants to keep playing, he'll he'll get paid. Yeah, yeah. Just wait and see for that news to drop because I think the Rams are definitely going. Why not? I mean, they've been all in anyway. Right. All in last year, and they're all in this year again uh, to try to win another Super Bowl. So I think they'll get that deal done and and, and kind of squash uh, any trepidation that could be there with the Rams and Aaron Donald. Okay, let's get to the NBA final scoring props. Uh, I like these. Uh, you have MVP bets you can go after too, but the scoring props are interesting. Jason Tatum, we know what he's done already. He's a favorite at minus 115. Steph Curry, what he might be able to do in these NBA finals at plus 150. Jalen Brown at plus 600. And then Clay, uh, who I think is going to be up against it here in the series in the finals. What do you think, uh, Adam? Well, I mean, look, Tatum is the, the deserving favorite there at minus 115, of course. You know, and I mentioned it, though, on, on yesterday's show. I mean, Jalen Brown was only six fewer points in that series right. against the Heat uh, than Jason Tatum. And obviously there were guys kind of in and out at all times, a lot of shuffling, uh, you know, with the lineups and all of that. Tatum and Curry, you know, obviously the, the two short prices for a reason. You know, look, I, I kind of look at Golden State and, and I'm sort of thinking to myself, like, who could outscore Steph Curry? You know, what, it, it's probably not going to be an Andrew Wiggins type. It's probably not going to be a Clay Thompson guy. You know, who who can actually outscore Steph Curry on that team? I feel like there are opportunities for maybe a Jalen Brown to outscore Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. but I I, don't, I can't see anybody outscoring Steph Curry. That's a great point. I mean, Steph, you know, you think about what the Golden State Warriors want to do and opportunity. That's how I look at it for Steph Curry. How many opportunities is he going to create for himself? I think he's going to be able to get to the basket against Marcus Smart if Marcus Smart is going to guard him. But then you have trees to deal with uh, there. Uh, I, I think from a, a Boston Celtics standpoint, too, looking at opportunity, Jason Tatum, because of their offense, you know, it, they've gotten away from being just totally isolation. But although they are isolation based at times, Jason can create. Jalen can create uh, from that standpoint. I, I mean, I'm intrigued by Jalen Brown at plus 600, though. Because I, I want to know who his matchup is going to be, right? I, I want to see if I can diagnose that prior to the finals uh, tipping off. Right. No, I think it's a fair point. I mean, you know, and look, to get back to the Golden State point real quickly, Steph Curry's usage rate almost 31%. Clay Thompson's second at 29.6. But the only way that Thompson really scores is if he's shooting threes. Right. You know, Curry can kind of go anywhere. He can go right. to the basket. He can shoot from the outside, all of that. I would have a really hard time believing that somebody can outscore Curry. But – to your point, you know the, the matchups for the Warriors, what they're going to do defensively, whether they focus on Tatum, whether they focus on Brown, if Brown has the opportunity to create more of his own shots, you know I, I think that that's one where the, the longer shot at 6-1 to one makes sense with mm-hmm. Boston. I don't think anybody outside of Steph Curry makes sense with Golden State. Yeah, I mean, we think about the perimeter offense from Golden State, but I think Draymond Green factors into this total uh, top of series assist uh, uh, leader prop uh, because it, plus 160 – 
he's going to be able to orchestrate and, and run this offense in terms of do they want to get to a pick-and-roll situation? Do they want to do that, right? And so, I mean, as far as transition basketball, that'll be interesting if they can get the rebounds. Uh, but Draymond Green obviously leads the way, plus 160. You got Steph at plus 220, 275. Marcus Smart uh, at 300, plus 300. Top series rebounder, yeah, Horford at plus 120. Looney up there at plus 150 as well. Well, and, you know, something else that you have to really think about here when you think about these props, it's not just talking about usage rates and, you know, the, the star players for each team and all mm -hmm. that. It's also a matter of do you think Boston can score effectively and efficiently against Golden State? Do you think that Golden State will have success against this Boston defense that has been really, really good? You have to think about game state here, too, and think about you know the, the team that will actually put points on the scoreboard more frequently because you can't really look at a top point scorer and, and pick a Celtic if you think that Golden State's defense is going to dominate the series. It's the same thing with the assist prop. You know, If, if you think that Boston will struggle to score, then it's really hard to pick one of their guys to be the assist leader. Right. So you have to think about this in terms of a macro picture as well, looking at your handicap of the series and then starting to apply it to, you know, which players may have more success than others. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I was going to ask you from a metric standpoint, do you apply that at all from a finals uh, NBA finals, whether the sport it is, I mean uh, for me, you know, Playoffs or finals are all about matchups. The NFL is about matchups. Uh, NBA, I believe, is about matchups. NHL, to some extent, is about matchups as well, if you can create those. Like, uh, so from a metric standpoint, anything you're leaning on or, or, or trying to figure out as you cap this game, this series? Well, like I said yesterday, I mean, look, the, the fact of the matter is that Boston's taking a lot of threes here in the postseason. Okay. And so, you know, it, it makes them something of a high-variance offense in this series because Golden State – you know, maybe they don't defend the perimeter as well as Boston does, but you don't get to this point if, you know, you can't defend the perimeter, especially in today's NBA. So for Boston, will they get to the rim? Or maybe more importantly, will they get to the free throw line? Mm -hmm. Because if you take a lot of those outside jump shots, you don't really get to the free throw line a whole lot. You don't get those free points that, you know, become really, really important. And we saw, you know, Boston, of course, having to make some free throws at the end of game seven you know, in order to kind of salt that one away. So to me, that's the, the one really key stat in this series is that Boston's taken such a high rate of three-pointers throughout the course of the playoffs that, you know, against a very efficient offense like Golden State, you know, far and away the best team in two-point percentage in the playoffs, a very competent three-point shooting team, Boston's going to have to shoot well from three, and yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge, I think, like you mentioned there. I mean, I, I don't want to say Boston's settling for the three, uh, but to win – Game six against, you know, the, the situations that they beat the Bucks with, uh, you know, getting to the rim, creating opportunities that way. Uh, and then certainly against the Heat as well. I mean, it's like Jason Tatum can get hot. Jalen Brown can get hot. And I don't know if they're necessarily settling as opposed to just being comfortable out there, too. But uh, the fact that they can create those opportunities, make these prop situations highly intriguing. Jason Tatum, one of four players in NBA history to reach the NBA Finals, averaging 25, 5, and 5 before the age of 25. That's incredible numbers right there. Could have Easton summer specials here. It's only $39. Here's what you get. Adam Burke's daily MLB uh, best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil has you covered on the ice through the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. Lots of preseason coverage. Get to vcin.com slash summer for the great deal. Only $39 through July 31st. Coming up next, we're going to get to some midseason awards uh, for Major League Baseball. We'll get to that coming up next. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. With your state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. You're going to love the state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Adam Burke with you live out here in Las Vegas, South Point Studios. Um, so, Twins, Tigers, 8-2 to two, uh, right now, uh, Adam, in that game. I want to feature this discussion um, with the AL Central odds. Uh, midseason, you know, and it's like Chicago is not materializing like a lot of people thought. But they're still favorite, minus 105. They started minus 200. The Twins, uh, plus 110 currently, they started the year at plus 800. Um, your thoughts on the AL Central right now and these odds with these teams? Well, it looks like the Twins are going to pick up another win today. They're mm-hmm. up 8-2, to two, bottom 7. Uh, good start from Devin Smeltzer in game 1 of a double dip, where the Twins are playing actually a five-game series against the Detroit Tigers. And I think it's important to make that point because – They've already played seven games against the Tigers. This is the eighth. The ninth will come later today. They're about to be six and two against Detroit. They've already played Kansas City ten times. They're six and four against them. The Twins have been able to pad their record a little bit this season because they've played a lot of very bad teams. Mm -hmm. They have not played a good strength of schedule to this point. And they are about to move to 30 and 20 here with a win in this game. And now Chicago just you know, look, I obviously I'm not a White Sox fan being a Guardians fan. It's kind of a team I've hated for a long period of time. But I feel really bad for the White Sox because another significant injury here yeah. with Tim Anderson going down. And we'll find out how long he's actually going to be out. But he was about the only guy who was hitting at an all-star level for this team. Uh, they've had injury after injury after injury. And they're playing Toronto this week. So the Twins with a good opportunity to put some more distance between those two teams. Look, at some point, we're going to get Chicago at plus money to win this division. I'll take it because their second half schedule looks really, really weak. Okay. But it is a it is a tough sell right now. I mean, they have to find a way to get healthy. Hopefully, in the second half, that happens for them. But uh, the Twins should keep adding to this lead for now. So I'm just being patient and waiting to get the White Sox at a better price because I think Minnesota is not only overachieving, but they're also – their start is a byproduct of their schedule. Okay. Always got to look ahead to forward a trade deadline and some moves that could mm-hmm. happen before we get to that. What about the pitching situation for the White Sox? I mean, uh, Cease bounced back, certainly. Dallas Keiko, my goodness, at this point – uh, Giolito's been solid, certainly. So, I mean, you like the rotation on paper, but yet uh, from a point differential standpoint, run differential standpoint, they're minus 45, uh, even with all the injuries, too. I, I, I want to include injuries. I get that. But I'm, I guess I have some concern with the pitching right now. 
Yeah, understandably so. I mean, look, th- this is a team that they've been blown out a few times too in some games that have kind of skewed their yeah. run differential. They played Boston last week. They lost 16 to 3, won 3 to 1 and lost 16 to 7. So, you know, in that series they were what minus 20 in run differential. So, yeah, you know, that's going to happen. You know, you're going to have some of those weekends where things just don't go well. That winds up skewing your run differential. Lance Lynn should be coming back here shortly. Lucas Giolito looks great. Michael Kopech yep. looks really good, too. And apparently it's, you know, 2011 or something because Johnny Cueto looks really strong as well. So the White Sox <laughs> pitching staff still looks really good, and their bullpen is extremely solid when Tony Larusa isn't overworking it. So... You know, I think that this pitching staff is really, really good. It's the offense that has to get going specifically against right-handed pitching and with men in scoring position. And I think those two things are possible. All right. They just have to get healthy and get everyone back in rhythm first. Okay, how about moves that Minnesota could make uh, to sustain what they started here? Uh, again, they're plus 110. White Sox currently minus 105 uh, for the central. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to anticipate anything that the Twins could do or might do uh, to kind of bolster what they have right now. Well, if the Twins don't get Frankie Montas from the Oakland A's, it will be a massive failure by their front office Mm -hmm. because their starting pitching is very, very questionable. I think the bullpen's kind of questionable too, but bullpen arms are pretty easy to find. If you can get Frankie Montas, who's going to be the top starter in the trade market, then you have to get him. And I think that the Twins may be able to do that. Now, they don't have a ton of currency in the minor leagues that they can trade, but they're a smart organization. A lot of their front office comes from the Cleveland organization where, you know, they're not great at developing position players, but they can develop pitching pretty well. So the twins should be able to send some pitching back to Oakland, get a guy like Frankie Montas, who's actually coincidentally on the mound tonight facing the Astros in a game with a total of six and a half. So that tells you just how good Frankie Montas has been this year. That's the guy that I think the twins have to go out and get. I don't know if he is enough on his own, but I think they need at least two or three starters to kind of bolster that group, uh, you know, over the next couple of months. Yeah, I like what the Twins have started. Um, in terms of finishing, though, uh, looking for the White Sox to kind of correct themselves right there. Okay, let's get to uh, the uh, AL MVP odd situation. Uh, Otani's up there, plus 210. Obviously, he was plus 350 to start the year, uh, Adam. We got Judge, who's playing for a contract, and, uh, man, it's, he's representing himself well right now. Started 20 to 1. He's at plus 350, and then Trout, Stay healthy, Mike. Stay healthy, plus 450 on the board as well. Yeah, you know, I think our producer behind the glass, Ben Wilson, brought up a really good point that they had been talking about on some of the other shows here recently of the Otani, I guess we'll call it a novelty factor, but, I mean, the guy is doing something that we've never seen before. You know, nobody who's alive really has seen this before. You could talk about Babe Ruth, but the game has changed so much. What Otani is able to do on both sides is simply remarkable. The question is, you know, will the voters go ahead and give it to him again? Mm. And I don't know the answer to that question. I couldn't take Aaron Judge because he just has a long track record of not staying healthy. Mike Trout's had a track record of not staying healthy the last three seasons as well. I think he's the guy that should win it right now because of the incredible offensive numbers that he's putting up. But if you want to talk about most valuable player, Jose Ramirez is the most valuable player in Major League Baseball, in my mind, he plays a very good third base, gold glove caliber third base. He's the entire Guardians offense, basically. If they didn't have him, this team would win maybe 60, 65 games. The problem is that you don't really vote on the most valuable. You vote on kind of the best player on one of the best teams. And the Guardians will not be a playoff contending team this year. So J-Ram probably won't get the credit that he deserves. So it probably ends up going to one of Otani or Trout if Judge ends up getting hurt. If not then that top three, the winner probably comes from that group. Yeah, to your point, I mean, who's going to have the narrative? Because that's what MVP votes mm-hmm. boil down to. Coach of the year votes votes boil down to. It's like, uh, who has that narrative? Otani had that narrative last year, of course, of the two-way situation. And it was, I don't want to say a novelty, but what you mentioned that we've never seen it or people alive have not seen this. So we've right. read about it. Uh, from a historian standpoint. The uh, reality is he could be the MVP every year because right. nobody does what he right, does. Right, absolutely. So the same thing with uh, Ramirez, though. Can he capture a narrative, though, to help out a bet on him at 12-1? to 1? I, I think to have the narrative, the Guardians have to find some way, shape, or form to make the playoffs. Okay. And it's it's not the way that it should be, and, and I will get on a soapbox about this anytime I get the chance. It's It shouldn't be a team-based award. It's the best player in baseball, mm-hmm. and, or you could even take the definition literally, the most valuable player in baseball. Right. The Angels would still be good without Shohei Otani. They wouldn't be as good as they are. 
you know, they wouldn't be as good as they are without Mike Trout. But the Guardians, to be a competitive team, need Jose Ramirez badly. So I think you should have most outstanding player and most valuable player because they are two different discussions. They really opinion. are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, Aaron Judge is interesting because at plus 350 from 20 to 1, he's betting on himself. You mentioned he's got to stay healthy. I get that. Trout. Like all these guys mm-hmm. have to stay healthy. Even Buxton has to stay healthy 51, but he might have a narrative now with the Twins. I mean, think about Otani, right? I mean, right. He, he has the chance to get hurt pitching or hitting mm-hmm. or fielding for that matter. So, you know, that's one of those things where there's a lot of risk attached with him, especially a guy that had UCL damage, missed time as a pitcher was only able to DH then just missed time overall you know all three of those top guys kind of have an injury history Jose Ramirez doesn't obviously Byron Buxton you know for those that see the graphic he's the fifth choice that guy's injury history you could you know I mean you need an entire binder to fill (laughs) all the injured list stints that he's had Uh, and Vlad Guerrero just he's too easy to pitch to right now he's just not Making quality, he's not making the the same level of aerial contact that he did last year. So it's a long shot for him. At this point, I mean, I think you, like I said, you look at the top three choices yeah. and you and you bet on health. Well, right now, I think if Mike Trout stays healthy, uh, because of what everybody's talked about with Otani, um, and kind of throw in the Iron Man effect too, because of the two way player or whatever, and they changed. They have a tiny rule by chance right, right. now. So uh, it's crazy to think about. But if Trout can stay healthy. Uh, he's got a game, showcase game, I believe, today with the Yankees. And, um, you know, if that guy can stay healthy and and the Angels actually define themselves as a playoff team, uh, right, uh, I think there's a narrative right there for Mike Trout at plus 450. That would help. I mean, the, the guy is the best player on the planet, yeah. and he's got 15 career playoff plate appearances. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it, it's inexcusable from an organizational standpoint, but at least now they've surrounded him with all the talent that they need. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody's going to come out of left field. Reggie Miller again right there. No pun intended. Uh, but Vlad, interesting at 16-1. But, no, I, I would put my money uh, right there on Mike Trout plus 450. Reggie Miller kills me, and that's why he's stuck in my head with these puns. <laughs> uh, and, like, every show I got a pun or something. Okay, let's get to um, some NFL discussion because I think this team can affect multiple markets. Let's come up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Zen Nicotine Pouches is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Just open a child-restraint lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen is available in 10 varieties, two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction, six milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zen anywhere and anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Visit zen.com, that's zyn.com, to learn more and to find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches are for adults over 21 who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Adam Burke with you here live from Las Vegas, South Point Studios. Uh, So, Adam, we're going to stay in the state of Ohio for our breakdown of these teams in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals. My question about the Bengals would be consistency. You know, in, in 2020... Uh, four, 11, and one, uh, and nobody's looking out for them in 2021. And then here they come, 10 and seven, uh, with this rookie quarterback for the year prior, who's coming off an injury. So nobody expected what the Bengals did this past season to do that. And Zach Taylor was on the hot seat too. So lo and behold, 2021, they, they produced that Super Bowl appearance. Going into 2022, they are no longer going to surprise people, obviously, right? Uh, and now they're going to be the team that's going to be hunted. And so from a consistency standpoint, from a culture, st- uh, culture standpoint, I wonder if they could get over their win total of nine and a half. It's minus 120 under plus 100 to make the playoffs. Yes, minus 120, the no plus 100. Where do you stand on the Cincinnati Bengals right now? Well, I love the consistency of, of what they're able to bring back here. You know, yep. they're bringing back their core group at the skill positions. They're bringing back their coordinators. They're bringing back their head coach who, you know, as you and I were talking about during the break, should have been coach of the year last year in Zach Taylor. 
you know, you got Joe Burrow kind of this offense really grew up a lot together last year. Right. And obviously Burrow and Chase had the college connection and all that. But the way this team grew up throughout the course of the season, the way they figured things out on both offense and defense, and now they can build off of that and continue that with the coordinators still in place. I think that's a really, really helpful thing for them. With that being said, you know, like you talked about, this is a team that experienced new heights last year. I think getting to a certain point is one thing. Sustaining that newfound success is a completely different thing. And I think that's actually the harder part. You can have you know something where you build up to one really good year, mm-hmm. but then being able to be good year after year after year I think is really, really challenging. The other thing is they opened their season with four out of six games on the road with two back-to-back road trips early on in the year. They'll play four road games in five weeks. And one of the the home game that they play is actually a Thursday night. So you play back-to-back road games, you get a short week home game, then you play two more games on the road. And you know, you you've got a team here that we talk about, you know, Super Bowl hangovers and this and that. If they don't get off to a great start in those first six games, I think that makes it tricky for them with the strength of this division and also the strength of their schedule by being, you know, a team that steps up in class a little bit this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about teams like this, uh, youthful teams that come out of nowhere. I was on one my rookie year in Atlanta. We didn't win the division, but we went 10 and 6, uh, almost went to the Super Bowl. But then the next year, you're right, it's so tough mm-hmm. because now everybody thinks you're good and everybody's going to prepare for you differently. Uh, and so when you think about the Bengals, they're so young, though, uh, in terms of age and experience, really. You're talking about Burrow going in his third year off of that injury, and he bounces back and throws for 4,600 yards. Oh, by the way, completed 70% of his passes, too, led the league that way. Um, I want to get into some more stats with, with Burrow and what he perhaps could do or potentially could do this year. Uh, but on paper, uh, what they did with the offensive line with Karras and, and Kappa, uh, Collins as well. Uh, they're looking for some young players to step up. That offensive line is going to be better. They're, they're not going to give up 51, over, over 50 sacks like they did this previous season. Right, and I'll draw a baseball analogy because that's what I do, and that's kind of my sport. But, you know, like for example, I'm on the first five over in the Braves-Diamondbacks game today because Atlanta faces a guy who doesn't get swings and misses. Mm-hmm. The Braves' biggest issue is that they strike out a ton. Right. So guy doesn't get swings and misses. If they're able to put balls in play, I think that's a very successful matchup for them. You think about what the Bengals were able to do last year when Joe Burrow didn't get sacked and he got sacked 51 times and ran for his life a whole lot more than that. So you think about what this team was able to do, his 70% completion percentage that you mentioned while being under duress and getting hit a ton. Mm-hmm. If you fix that, then what is the ceiling for this offense? It's extremely high. It really is. I love the three wide receivers set. Uh, that they're going to go with. They're, they're the Rams East. I was saying this all last year. They're the Rams East, and lo and behold, we had the Rams and the Bengals uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think Zach Taylor has found something, too, with the multiple wide receivers set uh, and the dynamic nature of the running back room, too, because now Burrow not only will be able to see the field, more experience that way, too, uh, and he's got those weapons, Higgins and, and Jamar Chase on the outside, uh, Boyd in the middle, too, great tight end, I believe, as well. But when you have running backs that can affect all levels of the defense, I'm talking about shallow, intermediate, and deep, and deep, along with wide receivers, that's hard to cover. Uh, and Burrow is a pocket guy uh, with better protection. I'm looking for big things for Cincinnati to go over that. It's minus 120. You look at the AFC North odds, another market, I think this team can win a division. They swept Pittsburgh and Baltimore last year. Cleveland stubbed their toe against the Browns. Uh, go figure right there, right? The AFC championship odds to 11-1. And I'm going to throw something out right now for Burrow in terms of MVPs plus 1,200 this year for MVP. Well, and I think something else that's really important, too, is that Burrow was sacked 21 times on third down last year, 17 times on first down. We know that a lot of teams now like to throw on first down as opposed to how the game used to be played. Mm -hmm. So also you take this group of skill position guys, right, and you give Burrow a better offensive line to where in passing situations and passing downs, he may have more time to hit those guys. And we're talking about a guy that got sacked 21 times on third down, still completed 72.5% of his passes on third down. So in those obvious passing situations, he was still doing the job even while getting pressured. The only thing that really stopped him was getting hit. Right. So that's exactly kind of the the reason why I drew that analogy of, you know, as long as the team's putting balls in play, that's good for them. You know, that's better than striking out a lot. As long as Burrow is able to stand there and throw, I mean, we look at what he did without that ability. 
you know, in a lot of his games and a lot of his third down situations. Just think of what he can do now. As long as that offensive line gels, I mean, hopefully they do come together and play well. But if nothing else, I mean, you look at the potential and the promise and the ceiling for this team. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, a Burrow MVP ticket makes a lot of sense because the thing that hurt him the most wasn't his own performance. It was the guys blocking for him. And that's supposed to be the part that they've put the most emphasis on this offseason. Yeah, I remember at the beginning of the year, people didn't think he was going to even start because of that injury. Uh, not only did he start, I mean, the guy just elevated himself. And so now he's going to be uh, healthier, uh, certainly coming up this season, uh, if he has a great offseason like he should. Uh, and I think he I think he senses it, too. I think he senses the greatness that's right in front of him. Uh, and here's why. I mean, you're completing 70% of your passes for over 4,600 yards. Uh, he led the league in big play passes over 25 yards. He had 40 of them. Uh, he led, led the league, 70% of his passes completing that. Now, that was in front of, um, in, terms of, in terms of what he did as far as completion percentage. But as far as those big plays and having 40 of them, you have Brady Carr Stafford that was only higher than him. And he met Stafford in the Super Bowl. So, again, affecting a, a lot of markets here in terms of not only the division, uh, I think the AFC Conference, but then also MVP for the National Football League. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with anything that you said. I mean, the, the only the only drawback is obviously this division is good. I mean, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh doesn't have a quarterback, but we know that Mike Tomlin's a very good head coach. They still have a lot of pieces and parts on defense. It's not like they'll be you know a four and thirteen type of team. I wouldn't think they probably find a way to win six right. games, something like that. There's still a tough matchup for any offense. The Browns, you know, we talked about them yesterday and, and the upside that they have, and Baltimore, the team that we haven't gotten to yet. Maybe we'll talk about them tomorrow. I still think that they're a really solid team. They're a brilliant organization. They're very consistent in terms of player personnel acquisition, evaluating talent, all of that. The only drawback I think for Cincinnati is those, you know, games within the division that they're going to have to try to find a way to, you know, go probably what four and two or so or better in those division games. Yeah, absolutely. That division is going to be competitive, highly competitive. I think right behind the AFC West, really uh, you think about the defense too, for the Bengals, uh, sneaky good, to be honest with you. I think they gave up about 21 or 22 points a game, something like that. Uh, 21 and a half sacks between Hubbard and Hendrickson. Uh, they got Daxton Hill through the draft to kind of bolster the veteran secondary that they have right too, which I think is fantastic. Now, where they up? They are up against it, Adam. And, and I agree with you from a scheduling standpoint. The month of December, the month of December. Check this out: Kansas City, Cleveland, at Tampa, at New England, Buffalo. Uh, if we go into January here and then Baltimore. So if they don't get off to a fast start, you're absolutely right. I mean, it could fall apart down the stretch for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that, that's a uh, very, very tough right. six-game stretch yeah. to end the, the year. Month the month of December least. and a little bit of uh, January there, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there you got some good quarterbacks in there. you got some good defenses, some good pass rushers. They, that's what I'm talking about. That start is critically important for them. The back-to-back -back road games, they've got to find a way to be at least 3-3 three and three through those first yeah. six games, I think. And you got to be healthy. Yes. I mean, during that stretch right there, and that's part of it. You cap in this situation, how many teams are healthy uh, in the month of December, too. So keep an eye on that for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I am high on the Bengals coming up uh, this later this year. Okay, let's get to some best bets. NHL playoffs, MLB, all that and more come up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet on more than a final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts. New to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with bonus code VSIN1000. Plus, earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at MGM Resorts Nationwide. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old to wager. It's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Mississippi. One game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. as well. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Adam Burke with you here in Las Vegas, live from the South Point. Um, let's get to Major League Baseball, uh, Adam Burke, because we got some intriguing games. Let's start with Chicago and Toronto. Giolito Gosman uh, going at it here. Um, I'm looking at, I'm sticking with team totals here. Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts and what you think about the matchup here. But we talked about the White Sox, the run differential skewed because of that series against Boston. But when you have a team put up, I don't want to call them burgers, but 16 runs on you twice, I mean, that's got to do something to you as a ball team. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely not great. But Boston's <laughs> also been the best offensive team in baseball throughout the month of May. Right. So if, if anyone was going to do it to them, it, it probably makes sense that it was the Red Sox. Uh, a couple things in this game. I, I actually sort of entertain the idea of taking Chicago today just because I really believe in Lucas Giolito and mm -hmm. what he's doing. But, man, you look at this lineup today, and, and it's just so bad for the White Sox. I mean, Yohan Moncada is out again. Luis Robert remains out. He's been sick. Uh, Tim Anderson is now on the injured list. That White Sox lineup is just obscenely hideous. Okay. So I don't think that they really do anything today against Kevin Gaussman. Uh, but, man, I just – you know, the, the thing about Toronto, too, all year long, they just – they've not performed well with men in scoring position. They are mm -hmm. getting better at it now. Uh, but Giolito is a really tough customer, like that White Sox bullpen. I, I entertain the under in this one, too, but uh, betting unders right now is a very scary thing around Major League Baseball. Yeah, you go team totals. I've been looking at that, and with that lineup, that information you just provided, I'm looking at the under three and a half. Uh, it's minus 140 earlier. It was minus 135. That's the problem with team yeah. total betting is the, the VIG is so high. We mm -hmm. also see that a lot with the strikeout prop numbers as well. You know, you have to be prepared to, to lay a lot of juice with those team totals and those strikeout props. And, 
you know, if that's a viable strategy for a lot of people out there. I don't do it because I don't really like to lay that much on, on, you know, lay that much juice on prop bets. But, you know, as you said, I mean, the team total avenue does make some sense, especially when you get some of these matchups. Yeah, absolutely. Giolito, you, you mentioned that he's been solid. Last five starts, only 10 runs, 36 strikeouts, 10 walks. I mean, he's really uh, pitching well. Uh, and so good matchup right there. Okay, let's get to um, the Angels and the Yankees. Uh, Thor, uh, Syndergaard is on the bump here for the Angels. Montgomery, the lefty there for the Yankees. The Yankees minus 130, um, minus one and a half on the run lines, plus 150 here against the Angels. Thick eight and a half uh, is the total in this game. Yeah, so I went ahead and took the Angels today. I got plus 120 on that one in the article over at vston.com. I just felt like this was a decent opportunity to take the Angels. And, and obviously this line looks a little bit low, but you know, for the Yankees right now, they're missing a couple of their better bats against right-handed pitching. They're missing Josh Donaldson, who's on the IL, and Giancarlo Stanton as well, who's also injured. So Noah Syndergaard, he's having a really good season, 308 ERA, 353 FIP. Righties have a 259 weighted on base average against him. And the Yankees are a very right-handed heavy lineup, and they're missing, as I mentioned, two of their better guys against righties in Stanton and Donaldson. Now, the Angels face Jordan Montgomery, who I really like. I'm actually a big Jordan Montgomery fan. Good four-pitch mix, good command, but he throws a lot of strikes. He's around the zone a lot, and we're seeing this offensive uptick around Major League Baseball. It's going to be warmer in the Bronx here today as well. And he's given up a home run in four of his last five starts, in each of, or uh, five of his last six starts, I mean, in each of his last four. So he's starting to you know, be that guy who lives around the plate, and the ball's starting to carry a little bit more. He's a left-handed pitcher going up against some right-handed power bats for the Angels. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take a shot with the Angels here today at the plus money price at plus 120. On the Yankees also have some bullpen injuries and some shuffling that they've kind of been going through. Yeah, Chapman, certainly. Um, uh, but they've been decent, though, in the bullpen, I believe, too. Uh, we'll figure out. They've been they've been very good. Michael yeah. King's been good. Clay Holmes has been really Clay good. Clay Holmes is a closer, too, right? I mean, yeah, he's, he's been dominant. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, the Yankees over the last two weeks are 27th and weighted on base average yeah. as a team, missing Stanton significantly. That's better than only the Guardians, Phillies, and the Tigers. Mm. So the Yankees' offense is not – been performing well. Another reason why I figured I'd take a shot on the Angels here. I'm glad you mentioned that metric because I wanted to ask you right now the metric that you kind of find the most consistent that you want to lean on uh, at times here in Major League Baseball. Yeah, my, my favorite one is weighted on base average okay. just because it, it's an on-base percentage variant, but it weights things differently. Like a walk is not as valuable as a double. A double is not as valuable as a home run. With on-base percentage, everything's weighted the same. But with weighted on base average, everything's weighted differently based on its run value. So to me, I think that's the most important offensive metric to look at. And I use it a lot in terms of looking at pitcher splits, you know, seeing if how righty does against righties, how righty does against lefties, and, you know, vice versa. So I use weighted on base average quite a bit in my handicapping. All right. Both teams uh, off a rest day, too. So looking for fireworks out there to total eight and a half Angels uh, and the Yankees. How about San Francisco Phillies? Uh, you know, when you look at Phillies, Suarez uh, never faced the Giants as a starter. Um, and I've seen hitters kind of struggle with that, whether it's the first time through, uh, they got to see his stuff or whatever. Um, but is that an opportunity in this game? Uh, we're looking at the Giants plus 115 on the road here. Uh, the Phillies trying to find a win any way they can, minus 125, nine and a half is the total. So Jake Junis, who goes for the Giants today, a really interesting guy. He was not effective at all as a member of the Kansas City Royals, mm -hmm. but he's been much more effective as a member of the San Francisco Giants, increasing the use of his slider. Um, you know, just it's probably his best pitch. It keeps guys off the fastball a little bit because his fastball is extremely hittable. Now, he's also a guy that had big platoon splits throughout the course of his career. He's been much better against righties, same side hitters, than he has been against lefties. So for the Phillies here, I think there are some advantages that they could have on a warmer day in Philadelphia. But at the same time, I mean, how, how do you back this Phillies team when every day <laughs> something goes awry right. with the bullpen? You know, and, and now they're talking about maybe getting rid of Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi is not the problem with that team. Their bullpen's been bad for several seasons in a row. That's a front office issue. Getting rid of Girardi doesn't really do anything, but because that talk has come up now, because that's a highly critical market there in Philadelphia – now there's more hanging over this team, which is already underachieved to begin with. And now the offense over the last two weeks has also gone into a shell. So not a lot of positive feelings there with the Phillies. And so it makes it tough to back them right now. Right. And they can't get right. Like uh, they can't get right at the right time or all together because, I mean, prime example, last night mm -hmm. got some production late in the game and then you give it up. 
uh, there. So I don't know where the confidence is right now for the Phillies. And their favorite, minus 125, nine and a half, though, uh, the total. I believe the unders are juiced up. Actually, the Phillies over is juiced up a little bit, uh, minus 115. Uh, team total at four and a half. Team total for San Francisco, four and a half. Uh, juiced to the under as well. The under juiced up nine and a half, minus 120. Uh, right there, suggesting maybe um, uh, we don't see uh, that type of production. I, I think the foreign nature of a pitcher starting uh, certainly is going to take you a little bit of time going through that lineup, too. Well, and generally speaking, too, it's harder to face a lefty mm -hmm. for the first time that you've never seen because right. a lot of righties throw from similar arm slots. A lot of lefties do strange, quirky things with the baseball. It's how they get to where they are because a lot of left-handers don't throw all that hard. You know, they throw 89-90. They're junk ball types of guys. They throw a bunch of different pitches. They hide the ball really well, a lot mm -hmm. of deception, stuff like that. So I know that uh, some of the guys that were kind of my mentors growing up in the industry, uh, you know, they talked about kind of the unfamiliar lefty angle of facing a lefty you've never seen, how tough that can be for the first time just because you know, they hide the ball differently. It's, you know, sometimes kind of a whip of your arm slot, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, for, for a guy like Suarez, maybe he has some success against the Giants today. Uh, but, you know, that's just that's a really tough game to handicap, I think. It really is. Uh, that's why I was looking at team totals, uh, making a decision on that uh, after the show probably. So how about Atlanta-Arizona decisions been made on this game? Yeah, so this is one where I did go ahead and take the over five for the first five in that Braves and Diamondbacks game. You know, we talked about it with the Bengals. When, when mm -hmm. Joe Burrow wasn't getting sacked, that offense was really, was really productive. The Braves, when they're not striking out, they can be a productive offense. And today against Humberto Castellanos, he's got a very low strikeout rate, a very low swinging strike rate, doesn't get a lot of chases outside the zone. That's about as good of a matchup as it gets for the Atlanta Braves. He's also a fly ball pitcher, and they need to be able to hit fly balls. So I think it's a really good matchup for Atlanta. Also, Charlie Morton's been very inconsistent so far this year for the Braves. couple good starts, couple bad starts. That's kind of been his pattern. I think Arizona, who's a team that walks a lot, against Morton, who's walked a lot of guys this season, I think it's a decent matchup for their offense as well. So I took over five for the first five at minus 105. As apparently fives are wild to end the show here. All right. No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I love the insight. I love the perspective. I love the information, Adam Burke. That was awesome today. Absolutely. Be here again to do it tomorrow. Yes, you will be. Uh, Edmonton, Colorado, too. I don't have a play on that game. What are your thoughts on it, though? Uh, a lot of goals in this series. <laughs> yeah, a lot of goals, very little defense. The total is seven. A lot of action on ice, too, between those two teams. That'll do it for us. The Edge coming up next right here on v Esports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.